Jaron Cacophony tells you that once again you're listening to Pieces of Eight, the Doctor Who podcast that likes to... No, we're not listening to Pieces of Eight. We're not, you're absolutely right. I'll well, start again. <laughs> I'm not keeping this one in. No, put this no. at the end. Keep it, keep it in. <laughs> okay, that Jaron Cacophony tells you you're listening to The Power of Three, which is the Doctor Who podcast that likes to chat about everything and anything related to Doctor Who, whether it's books, comics, off the telly, audios, basically everything and anything that's got a police box involved with it, probably. Um, I'm Kenny Smith, I'm your co-host today, and sitting not very far away from me, it's my pal, who's going to say hello now. Hello everyone, David Steele here, welcome back, thank you for joining us. Dave, I think uh, today's an episode that uh, we've been looking forward to for quite a while, because it's something that we love, and uh, is with somebody whose work we've been big fans of for years and uh, finally got to get a proper really good chat with this year at the Novel Experiences Convention. We're talking about Andrew Mark Thompson. Yes, big fan, well, big fan of Andrew, Andrew Mark, good pal of Andrew Mark, because um, you know, known him on the socials for a good few years now and lovely to meet him in the, in the flesh and in real life a few months ago, well, last month as the, as the chronometer flies, maybe two months for the t- this episode. Um, Andrew, of course, is, is notorious for his very clever Photoshop creations, be it book covers or um, false TV listings for every single programme stars Ben Shepard, or merchandise which didn't exist, could have existed, would like, we'd maybe some maybe like some of it to exist, or maybe it shouldn't exist. And he's got a book coming out, hasn't he? It has indeed. It's uh, from Telos Publishing. And in fact, just uh, Dave, earlier, before I, I spoke with your good self, um, mm. we actually um, actually had a chat with the publisher from Telos, David J. Howe, and he's going to tell us all about it now. Hello, I'm David Howe, and I'm publisher and editor at Telos Publishing. Welcome again, David. Always a joy to see you. So we're going to chat today about this is a fake, obviously, yes. the perfect title. So I'd assume that, like myself, you'd been following Andrew Mark's work on Twitter. I, yes, I've been a fan of Andrew's work for many, many years on, on Twitter and Facebook and, and all over the place. And of course, when he does the Hooverville events, he also has postcards of his work and stuff stuff like that. So I, I've been a massive fan of his um, imagination and his humour um, for, for many, many years. Um, so yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to work with him on um, This Is A Fake. So how did it all come about? Did he approach you or did you approach him? No, um, I reached out to him uh, because, I, because I was such a big fan of everything that he was doing. We, we kind of touched on ideas off and on over the last few years. Um, there was a book that the BBC published, which was an atlas, uh, some sort of illustrated atlas, um, which was just like crashingly dreadful and awful and not funny and just what what was the point kind of <laughs> sort of thing all about it. And at that point, I remember Andrew saying, you know, do you know, I could do much better than that. You know, we could, we could do something that's actually funny that's got jokes in it and stuff. And I said, what a great idea. You know, maybe, maybe we should sort of thing. And it then kind of drifted for a year or so or what have you. Um, but then when we were starting to plan out what Telos was going to do for the 60th anniversary year, I thought it would be really, really nice to try and see if Andrew was receptive to putting together a book of his, you know, imaginings of these things that never happened. Um, so I approached him and we, and he was, he was, he was, he was interested in doing something. 
and pulling something together. So I think the the initial sort of in my head, and I think Andrew's head too, we both had books like the the goodies book of records was it called i can't remember what it was called one of one of those like an, like an annual format hardback book of nonsense that you know you turn the page and you don't know what you're going to get next you know it, it might be a short story it might be um a, an advert for something that, that's rubbish it, it it might be photographs from some event or something you know you just didn't know what you were going to get um also in my mind were things like the monty python books like they did hardback books as well uh, which were kind of of a similar vein um and both andrew and i liked that idea and very much the cover of this is a fake is sort of based on the goodies book which so it's like it's a manila file of all of this information that's been assembled with some things paper clipped to it and stapled to it and you know it's, it's kind of got some great ideas on it but the whole idea was that we wanted it to be funny that Andrew wanted to, to make these jokes that, so that he, he was constantly, oh, if I reword that, I can fit another joke in. Oh, we can put another thing in there and I can make that bit funny. You know, that will be hilarious if we did this, that or the other. Um, so we basically started to just knock ideas um, back and forth about, um, you know, what we could put in the book, what sorts of things. Obviously, I was keen to use stuff that Andrew had already done because he's done an incredible amount of stuff. Um, and not necessarily just Doctor Who. I mean, I love some of his sapphire and steel, like the sapphire and steel lollies, which, uh, you know, now I've gone down in history because they appeared on uh, in a programme for Joanna Lumley tour or something because they thought they were real. Um, and so it was like, ah, we, we got them, we faked you. It was fantastic. So that was, that was smashing. Uh, and the book slowly kind of took form, if you like, the final stages of it, Andrew sent through all the pages, but it was very much a kind of a bit of scattershot. So I ordered all the pages kind of in Doctor Who history order. So I thought, well, let's start with Doctor Who's origins and then let's go through the Hartnell and then Troughton and then Pertwee Baker and so on. Um, and let's sort of try and add some sort of structure to the book in the way that these things are kind of presented as you as you page through the book. And I think as soon as I did that, it was like the whole thing just kind of came together. And and it, it then just sort of seemed to work as the idea. And that the basic idea of this is a fake, it's called this is a fake, because everything in that book is fake. No, there's nothing in that book that existed, that was actually done, that was actually released, that was shown or anything. It's all completely and utterly made up. But the idea is that Andrew in his in his bedsit flat or house or wherever it is, wherever he lives, in the basement, he's found this portal to another dimension. And through this portal, he can reach in and snatch all of these items which are all about Doctor Who in this other dimension and, and all this stuff that happened there that was shown that, you know, that, that never happened in our reality, but in this strange alternate portal reality, all this stuff, you know, really existed. Um, and I love that. And I think it's just such a great idea. And it's very typical Doctor Who-y idea as well. 
that you know you can have an alternate reality taking place through a portal in your basement <laughs> that somehow you can access and bring these artifacts back from and it was i loved it it was absolutely smashing so yeah we, we've ended up with with a lovely 126 page full color large format like annual type book which on the turn of every page is presenting you with like ludicrous merchandise craziness you know that there's a whole history in there for example of the doctor who celebration you know in mayfield for the first anniversary of the show um, the garden party with, type thing the garden party the mayfield garden party yes um which was absolutely brilliant and it took place in mayfield in the vicar's garden um and there were all these stalls and stands and it was advertised after doctor who and we've got some tele snaps of that thing being advertised after Doctor Who. There are memos from Verity Lambert planning it and putting it all together. There's photos from the fate itself. And of course, the whole thing resulted in gridlock because too many people turned up um, and it was absolute chaos um, at this fate in Mayfield. Of course, in our reality, that didn't happen until the 20th anniversary in Longley. Um, but in the book, uh, it's the first anniversary um, that this all this all took place in. And it's just, it's, it's fabulous stuff like that. There is a map in there. There's a map of Scaro, um, where I think just about every entry on the map is a joke. Um, of course, we've got the fields of Tarrant are in there. Of course, they have to be. And um, all sorts of other, other things like that. So there's all sorts of, and it also is completely and utterly up to date. So if you, if, if the very end of the book, of course, we're covering um, Shooty Gatwa and his era of Doctor Who. And, uh, and so there's actually stuff about Shooty there. There's a range of books. They're novelizations of Sex Education, which of course is the series that, um, that Shooty was in. Uh, so there's a whole series of, of novelizations of Sex Education being advertised there. Um, by various <laughs> likely suspect authors, and then and then there's even I think it's is it strawberry or raspberry flavored chocolate bars, um, which have got that Jinx monsoon in and, and shooty and a story on the back of the wrappers <laughs> kind of thing is, is going on in there. So so yeah, it's it's absolutely up to date and it covers the whole whole entirety of Doctor Who um, through a crazed lens of parody yeah I mean, there's there's one that, that i mean some stuff here because you obviously you've kindly sent me over uh, this morning to have we look at it yeah the fact that there's the stuff like the bbc audio range oh, we've done all the novels now it's time for the non-fiction with the doctor Cook yeah. book, the pattern book the crossword book um, yes that is i mean that's brilliant but the one that i that really made me laugh and um no doubt we'll hear from andrew about that shortly talking about the the version of the the time lord timeline unofficial magazine and it's just genius because it was so yes. bad the original and you thought how do you trump that being so wrong and he's done it it's just brilliant he's done, it. He's done it and in fact um that magazine we did look into whether we could reproduce literally do a poster magazine um but oddly i couldn't find any printers who could do like a poster magazine for for a reasonable cost so we had to kind of abandon that idea sadly because I, I thought the idea of having like the world's worst and most incorrect Doctor Who Time Lord magazine <laughs> poster magazine coming out would just be would just be wonderful but in fact there was so much in the book that I wanted to bring into reality I you know I, I, I so want you know Alpha Centauri Easter eggs you know I, I, I want I want this stuff I want this merchandise um yep. So what what we what we did is as the book kind of developed, 
um, Andrew came up with an idea that was originally part of the book, which was a set of um, cigarette cards um, or tea cards, uh, however you, yeah, I think they were tea cards, um, for what he called it um, enemies of the empire, which was all based around um, Dalek's master plan. And it was like, you know, Mavic Chen's view of who all the enemies of the empire were in, in a trading card set that you, that you could buy. I mean, Andrew had also done a set, and I can't. Re I think they're mentioned in the book, but they're not shown um, in an advert. But he also did a set of um, BBC visual effects from the seventies, which I thought was fabulous. So it was like, you know, uh, Mrs. Hibbert's, you know, uh, kitchen or whatever it was from *Terror of the Autons*, all done in CSO, and you know, the the. the um, the Chronovore from Time Monster and stuff. So any, all these rubbish BBC visual effects are kind of captured in their own trading card set. Um, I loved it. So anyway, this trading card set for him with this empire that we, we saw, I thought that was such a good idea. So I said to Andrew, do you know, why don't we actually do a trading card set? Why don't we, why don't we do it? So um, that's what we've done. So while stocks last, uh, we haven't got many of these, while stocks last, we, so all orders of the book are coming with a set of enemies, enemies of the Empire trading cards um, and an album to put them in. So you've got a collector's album as well that goes with it. Um, and the whole idea has sort of been expanded so that the enemies of the Empire include things like the Chumblies and the Dravins and Mark Seven, um, the meddling monk, and uh, you know all sorts of uh, like, like, uh, the Morphotron creatures from Keys of Mariners. So there's all sorts of kind of creations. Quarks are mentioned, I think, um, in that from Doctor Who that are all we've just sort of said. Well, during Mavic, Ten Mavic Chen's time as like ruler of the universe, all of these things were out there, and so this trading card set kind of celebrates all of these different things that were out there. Um, and every card is a joke. Every card is full of jokes on the back. I think they're hilarious. Um, and they actually exist now. We've actually pulled them from the portal and made them exist. So those will be uh, will be sent out. And it's also worth mentioning as well um, that as well as the set of trading cards that you'll get free with This Is A Fake, we're also hopefully going to do an additional card that will be given away with copies of the other Telos books, so the fanzine book and um, the illustrated journey. So if you want a full set of the trading cards, you will have to buy those books as well to get the additional card with them. Um, and we've even got, just bear with, uh, all of these cards, all of these cards come with Telashir tea. Um, this, this, is, this is the box of tea bags that you would buy, where you would get a card in with every box of tea bags of Telashir tea, which is, um, you know, by order of Mavic Chen. Um, it's the tea he drinks. And as we can see, it's 250Ms of tea and the best space tea in the galaxy. Um, so we've done so we, these you don't get with the book. We've done some of these. We'll have these at, at Hooverville. Um, yeah. So this this is a fabulous like little <laughs> tea box that we've done as well. There's no end to it. It keeps on going. We're having yeah. a lot of fun. That's brilliant. Now, of course, <laughs> you're well known as having one of the largest Doctor Who merchandise collections in the world ever. If you, you yes. mentioned the Alpha Centauri Easter egg, but if you could have one thing in this for real, which one would it be? 
one thing for real? Only one thing. I'm being cruel. Oh, that's very cruel. That's very, very cruel. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it probably, it probably is the Alpha Centauri Easter egg because I thought that that was just a touch of genius. Um, but there's also, you know, the Dennis Fisher Jamie doll and, and the Brigadier doll. There's also one of Adrasta and Corella. Yep. You know, you sort of most unlikely people that Amelia Rumford, the Amelia Rumford, Dennis Fisher doll. Uh, the most unlikely things um, apparently exist in this other yep. universe. But yeah, I think it would have to be the, the Alpha Centauri Easter egg because it, it's 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 an eye. It's a, it's the right shape and everything. Yep. Why, why on earth? Why was that never done? It should have been a thing. It should yeah. have been a thing. It definitely. But the book's, got so, the book's got so much in it, Kenny. I mean, you know, I, I don't want. It's, it's hard to talk about it without giving everything away. I mean, there's there's a lovely running joke where. Um, we've got a feature from Look In magazine uh, where Ed Stupot is talking about his favourite books and he goes through these favourite books and stuff and, and there's about four, I think, pages in the book which are the Ed Stupot column doing these books but what's actually happening is that Sapphire and Steel have infiltrated the column because Ed's been taken over by a sentient AI um, <laughs> and he's planning to take over the world so Sapphire and Steel have infiltrated this book column to try and stop him so you get this kind of this theme running through these pages in the book as well. So, as I said, everywhere you look, there's there's a joke in the even the small print, even the little tiny copyright things on the items and stuff. There's usually jokes in them and uh, and fun in them, and it's an incredible piece by Andrew, and it is a absolute celebration of his artistry. You know, we we all love art books. This is an art book. Um, but it's obviously an art book of a slightly different sort. You know, it's it's Photoshop art and and the art of parody and and taking things and making things that don't exist, but making you believe that maybe they did. And and that's incredible. I absolutely love it. And it's a pleasure to publish it. And I can't wait for everybody to see it. And I hope they love it. Yeah. (laughs) So for though, I'm I'm even going to mention the Rami action figure is genius as well, but we'll not say why, but it just is genius. Um, (laughs) So where can people order the book, David? Okay, so this is a fake. Um, Can be ordered from www.telos.co.uk. And it is only copies that you order direct from us or buy from us at an event that you will get the trading card set and album with so it will be available from obviously other dealers retailers amazon what have you as well um, but those copies will not come you know with the extras and as i say the extras are only there while stocks last so and we've sold most of them already so <laughs> wow that's fantastic and how much is it for those who want to order now I believe it is twenty nine ninety nine. Is that right? If you look on the site, you'll find out. I think it's twenty nine ninety nine plus postage and packing. So it depends, and that of course depends on where you live. If you live in America or Australia, it's quite expensive. But obviously, in the UK, it's not too bad. <laughs> David, it's been a real right. joy, and uh, no let's let's chat again soon about the other forthcoming Absolute books. Absolute pleasure, and thank you, Kenny, for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks to David for that. That was a fascinating insight. And um, he's not our only guest this week, of course. But uh, Dave, let's have a quick chat. Any of your favourites, things that spring out from Andy's work that you've been a fan of particularly? His book covers, especially. He's done target book covers for every single Doctor Who story ever. And what's good about them is that he'll take a 
a cover design, say the early 80s style with a neon logo and, and one image, but apply them to a different era of the programme. Um, he'll use the, the Chris Achilleos style and use that for, for a series that didn't really have the Chris Achilleos style when the books were coming out, if that makes sense. Um, we'll talk about it, I'm sure when we talk to him, his, his range of sapphire and steel household objects. Um, had me in tears one day with a a TV listing, um, just like a sample page from a, a TV listings magazine where every channel was showing, every programme on every channel was basically either was called Ben Shepherd, and there was a little note for each one so it was like Ben Shepherd, classic sitcom um, Ben Shepherd quiz programme presented by by TV's Ben Shepherd, Ben Shepherd at seven o'clock. You know, more more chat and laughter with Ben Shepherd, that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, taking the Mickey out of this ITV presenter's ubiquity. He's Andrew's a genius. He sees, he sees the ties that bind the universe together, and he mends them, and they're broken. He has that very gifted ability to to see the inherent nonsense in something, and then spear it and twist it. I and mean, it's got to the point now where you sometimes see official merchandise that's been released or advertised in Doctor Who magazine, you think, hang on, is that real or is it an Andrew Mark? And we're now going to be joined by the man behind the book. I think we better let him introduce himself. What do you think, Dave? I think that's an excellent idea. Hello, my <laughs> name is Andrew Mark Thompson and um, I I've got a book out. It's a slight understatement to you've got a book oh, out. Yes, it's yeah. a quality publication. It's it's yes. it's, a, it's a book. It's a quality book. Um, yes, it's it's called This Is a Fake, and uh, everything in it is fake. It's been produced on Photoshop with by um, fingers, a bit like these ones here. I'm waving around, and uh, it's it's supposed to be funny. Apparently, I don't think <laughs> it's funny. I think these <laughs> are dead deadly serious. Um, they, they represent um, a, a new epoch in Doctor Who and cult television merchandising. <laughs> that it, it's my vision for the world. If that's your vision for the world, we're all I'm, screwed. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing. I'm, I'm laughing there at Andrew's deadly innocence. Some some water. Some of my glass of water went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, you require some Telosshire tea to. Uh, <laughs> But we'll come back to that very shortly. We'll come back to that shortly. I suppose, Andy, the first thing we should ask you is, you know, yes. when did you start doing all these things? Because obviously we've we've sort of got to know your work through Twitter and following you on there. That, that was when I started, right? It, 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 it was a... Uh, let's see. I, I've i had mental health issues over the years. I'm, I'm, I'm not... I don't want pussyfoot around them, but I started do, finding I could do things in Photoshop when I was at university back in 2005. I was a mature student and I, I went to university thinking that I could learn how to write scripts um, because I understood the nuances of storytelling and how, how, a, how a good story works and all this, that and the other. And I, I got to university and found that I couldn't. I knew how the, the things worked, but I couldn't actually I, I didn't have the patience to actually do things, so I shifted sideways and started doing sort of graphic design and, and things like that. And I, I ended up with my final year uh, designing a um, a brand for a, a television show that I'd made up. 
and I got an A plus for it, which you know I don't want to boast, but that 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 seemed to sort of suggest that I was better at uh, graphic design and um, that, those sort of things. So fast fast forward, I got my degree and everything. I I ended up using my degree to get a job in a call centre, which um, is not exactly what you're supposed to use a degree for, but I ended up having a nervous breakdown in that call centre, uh, a very public one. And when I came out, I started doing all this, or doing Doctor Who um, target book covers for stories, just as a sort of therapy, because, I mean, that's one of the things that the counsellor said, yeah, do, do something that you enjoy. And I started doing these covers and I actually finished doing every single Doctor Who story as a target book cover last year. I started about um, five years ago, I think it was, six years. But um, in between those things, I started doing other little bits and bobs, you know, doing little funny little covers. Basically, merchandise from Doctor Who and other cult TV shows that didn't exist. Or would it, it would have been nice to have it exist because it made me feel good <laughs> to know that um, there was a mandrill annual back in 1979, <laughs> whatever it was. That there, 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 there was, there was Chumbly Mania back in the 60s when the Daleks sort of um, failed completely, and it, it's all this sort of alternate universe stuff. I mean, people call it multiverse. Um, stuff and everything things that happen in another universe but uh, but i was doing that well before all them you know i i was i i concocted this thing on my twitter feed that i go down to this portal in the cellar to pull these these items from another dimension and um put them on um put them on twitter so but uh, the, the first one i did you'll probably remember was the sapphire and steel ice lolly of course yeah, um, I learned a lot from that. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you some of the lessons I learned from that. One was to make sure that whatever it is I post is completely absurd. <laughs> it, there's no, there's no ounce of um, reality in in it. That all this is somewhere on the pic, the image is something that is really absurd. It might be the copyright. It might be the, you know a picture or something like that but the problem with the sapphire and steel one is it looked it looked conceivably real um yes it was a blue what was what was the description it was blue water ice raspberry flavor raspberry flavor water ice with a stainless steel stick yeah. right now, yeah. it, it, it's conceivable right um, despite the fact that the stainless steel stick is actually or to all intents and purposes would actually be a knife <laughs> be able to use it as a knife, but I think that was too subtle for some people. Because I, I, I put it on on Facebook on on a Saturday, and by by the afternoon, I had replies. It had gone public. I, I, I should have kept it just to meet Facebook friends. It, it went sort of viral-ish, and I was getting replies from people. Oh, oh yes, I remember the Saffron Steel Ice Lolly. There was a darling <laughs> as well. It was as if people. There was there's some been some kind of Mandela effect. Yeah, that, that people actually did remember it. What you know? what I remember about it was it it referenced obviously the um the very first Sapphire and Steel story with the rhymes, which gave yeah. it that a little bit of authenticity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I remember it blowing up because it was absolutely hilarious. I remember seeing it. I was walking down McAllen Street in Glasgow, and I la I was laughing my head off. 
it was hilarious. You got it, but the the the, the not we ended up um, getting getting wind of it, as it were. It popped up in in, in people who just vaguely remember Sapphire and Steel, yeah. and they they sort of put two and two together and got seven. And is it is it not the case that it even ended up in the official tour program for Joanna Lumley's One Woman Show? Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> I'm grateful to somebody who went there, um, Darren, who, who went to it, he photographed it, uh, sent me a copy of the thing and, and, and very kindly sent me the address of the designer, which was in, was on the back of it. And I got in touch with them by email. I had an email back reasonably quickly saying, oh, we didn't realise that. We did show everything to Joanna and she passed everything. Hold on. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll email her because I, I feigned the fact that I was worried in case Jonah Lumley saw that and thought her agent hadn't given her residuals from from a nice lolly <laughs> to do the money. I, I, I joked that with him, but anyway, I got another email back from it. it. Says, "Oh, I've contacted Joanna, and she says she says she thought it, it was it was fake, but she found it very very funny. So that's all right then." We also did a few, a whole expanded range of sapphire and steel yes. household items, then. Yes, yes they're, they're in the book. Good. Um, it's it's set up. I mean, I'm, I'm always one for jumping on a bandwagon, and if people, if it's successful, do it, do it till it's dead. You know, <laughs> it, it, uh, ring, ringing the um, it out. I mean, there in the book, I, I've put all these, um, uh, what do you call it, these products as part of a Garm Foods um, <laughs> foods leaflet that you, you know you get the farm foods leaflet that comes through the letterbox you must get them up in Scotland as well oh yes yeah, you do. Uh, but I, I, it basically was a way of putting all those little products into one space I, 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 I tried to resist with the book putting single things on a page you know it's alright putting all, uh, uh, something like um I don't know, a clockwork quark on a page, but it, it, it sort of wastes the space. It's a single joke, as it were. So, yeah. sort of, um, m you know, made, made the, one, of the, the, one, the one I think which made me laugh the most was the um, the sapphire and steel low fat low fat spread, <laughs> 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 which um, which had the same. The same look in comic um comic strip drawing of, of Joe and Dave with that's, um that's with Steel's day you didn't trust it. That's very normal. <laughs> that's steel other people's artwork. Slap wrist. But the oh, um heavens But the, this is the thing. I mean my I like my my sense of humour is for the for the absurd, you know, things that shouldn't go together going together. You know, you, you take two ordinary things. I, I I always use this analogy. You take two ordinary things. You take undertakers and polo mints and bang them together, and you get a, a, a set of you know mints for people at funerals to 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 have, so that their breath smells nice. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and that's that's how you sort of create it. I mean, it's not a particularly funny one, but you, you you've got to pick the the subjects. Yeah, you know, sapphire and steel with a, a range of groceries. I mean, I mean, they've got to do something. They only they only they're so slow. I mean, you you look at that railway station one. It took took them four weeks to sort that out over one night. <laughs> My big question for you, Andy, is: yeah. Did you ever get? Did you get a compensation payment for them using your work without your permission? 
No. <sighs> you need a no. good media advisor. All, all, no, no, no. All, all I all I like is for them to admit they are wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the the best one of that. I mean, I, I, it's 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 happened a couple of times with a, a certain magazine. Um, but the best one was there was a magazine a few years back called Geeky Monkey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember it. I do. It, it didn't last too long. Uh, were, were you involved in it? No, I just remember it. I remember seeing it in the shops. Right, that's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say what happened now. They they did a piece on Doctor Who, and it was obvious that the um, the the layout, the guy who did the design work on it, didn't know a thing about Doctor Who, and there was a. a um, a box out down one side telling you all the firsts in Doctor Who merchandise. This was the first novel that came out. The first record that came out was the Doctor Who theme, uh, which had a B-side for the worlds of Doctor Who. And no, it didn't. <laughs> it's the, they, they were getting it all wrong. And they came down to the first VHS release. And there, it was illustrated with a picture of the VHS release, and it was the, the Stones of Blood. No, sorry, the androids of Tara, and it, it was my cover, one of my silly mm. covers, and it's my my silly cover had you know Doctor Who and the androids of Tara, big picture of the Tara and Wood Beast on the, <laughs> right. and the picture yeah. of Tom Baker in his season eighteen costume. Yeah, right. I, I'd done them as a as a Mickey take of that that one we all remember from the the initial release. Yeah, and they got stuff. Revenge yeah. of the Cybermen, they got the Cybermen wrong, they got Tom Baker's face wrong, yeah. they got the logo wrong, everything was wrong about it. So this is what I did with these covers. And on the back, I mean, the, luckily they didn't print the back because I, I put in a deliberate uh, a deliberate typo on Count Grendel's name. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think you can probably guess what the typo mm-hmm. is. It it, it 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 said to me that whoever did this, put this thing together, just saw a picture of a VHS thing and just slapped it into the into the yeah. thing. They, they didn't actually look at what it was. Yeah, from no, cheeky monkey rather than geeky monkey. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I, I thought it was very funny. That was that's the one that really made me laugh. The other yeah. one's not so. The one that really grabs me in the book is the fact that. You took one of the worst pieces of merchandise of the last few years, unofficial, and you made it even, you actually made it better. Time Lord Timeline, that unofficial magazine. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, I, I felt that went a bit, I went a bit wrong with that. It, it, it didn't look as tacky as the, <laughs> the actual one. But this is this is the problem. When, you do, when you're designing something, you're taking the mick out of something looking tacky, you've got to... Um, You've got to chew on a chew on a bone as you're doing it, because you've got to, you've got to you're allowed to do things badly as as a graphic designer. Uh, one of the I mean, years and years back, I did a I did a fanzine called Fang Rock. This is back in the nineties, and I did a thing a, a page on the back which was classic classic fanzines of the eighties. This is showing you know what's it, and I had to do a. Basically, it was all made up from a load of letter set that I'd found <laughs> in the bottom of a cupboard, and it, it, all the wording was all over the place, making it look really dreadful, you know. And it, it made me appreciate how how far things, and looking at it recently, how far things have come, because you can actually, there's no actual 
excuse for things looking bad these days, but for mm. some reason they do. Yeah. That there are badly designed things. I'll tell you what got my goat. I'm, about, I'm, I'm off on a non sequitur here. Have you, seen, have you seen the cinema poster for the new Indiana Jones film? Yes. Very nice painting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. The text is the wrong place. It's it's all dropped about three inches. Yeah. Up three inches to fit the space that is in the on the on the actual painting. It's yeah. Very, you you take a look at it if you haven't seen yeah. it. It's you know, it's the the cover for the new official BBC books um, audio CD release of the making of Doctor Who, mm. which everyone. See, this this is a thing the highest compliment now. When someone either sees a, a piece of professional design, mm. looks quite shoddy or silly, or a product which is really, really badly advertised or quite naff, someone, it's become quite common now to think, oh, is that one of Andrew Marks? Because <laughs> it's so, yeah. you, you've become so, so synonymous with sort of piercing where this sort of stuff goes wrong or, or where it, as you say, becomes absurd. Somebody I mean, the, 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 I think I think I actually said you it was a DM the cover of the making of Doctor Who and sort of said is it you know I thought in the, in the best possible way I thought this was one that, of yours but it looks so that, deliberately that, bad. That was anticipated. I anticipated that by doing that um, ad for the uh, the the talking books. Yeah, um, that that's Genius. in the back of the book. Yeah, uh, you can probably yeah. see. We've done all the yeah. novels now. It's time for the non-fiction. Yeah, the the talking the talking of the of the Doctor Who crossword puzzle book. Doctor Who crossword puzzle, the Doctor Who colouring book. Yeah, it, it's Gordon reading out all the colours that you should be using, and you do it. You know, you you, you follow along with her. You know, and uh, the uh, the Doctor Who pattern book. Yes, um, which is read by Gok Wan. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> this is it. I never for one moment thought that they'd release a talking book of the making of Doctor Who. No. You know, it's, it's, it's almost silly. No, it's given you a cough, hasn't it? Has it? No, I just because I, um, I keep laughing as I take a drink of water. Yeah, or don't. Oh, there's some real gems in there. I mean, it's the like the like the price disinfection with the the fake um, video covers of, for example, the visitation with the the bad hyphenation. And it's just it's just so it's perfect. Um, doing them sort of in that eighties style, which is really good. Oh, the other yeah. thing that I particularly like the, the the fake action. Obviously, we don't want to reveal everything, but the mm. fake action figures like the Dennis Fisher ones and the Dave Paul ones, particularly the the Rani one, is just a work of genius. I, I think the, the Rani one is is nice and subtle. Yes, you'll get it. Laugh. If, uh, you'll get it if you know. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's 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 nice when people get the jokes. You know about people mistaking my the, the, the real stuff for my stuff. And some two people at the same time sent me um, JPEGs of the cover for the audio book of the Nightmare Fair. Which basically is just the original cover with what looks like. I mean, it, to be honest, it looks like a photo of Colin Baker stuck over it. Yeah. But it actually is a painting. But it it it, it just looks an odd. It's an odd shaped thing, you know. But yeah. I think people mistook it for something uh, something that was uh, unintentionally silly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
that's I mean that's in a way we're sort of through the looking glass with that sort of stuff now because you because your stuff is so good. Mm. It's when we see supposedly official professional releases that aren't when they fall short, we sort of go, hang on a minute. This could be done a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's that the the the, the thing that always gets me and I always think it's a great joke to do is is when I mean the BBC aren't so bad now. When when they release a collection of something, they keep to the same logos and spines and everything because we all like everything lining up on a shelf, right? We don't want to go back to the days of Target books with some that are white, some that are purple, some that are you know, one that even having the word Doctor Who spelt wrong on it, the mutants one. Um, you know, we don't we don't like that. Although with the Target books, it's a sort of um, part of the the charm of them. But having said that. One of the one of the things I did was a a, a complete box set of VHS, the, the De- Peter Davison's first season. They're all all the same spine except the one at the end has the uh, the completely different <laughs> logo and stuff on it. Yeah, you know, that's what I tried. You know, things like that amuse me. Yeah. Have you ever seen the um the the DVD box sets of Monk TV series about the? Nope. Yeah. Yes, because I remember this from when I worked in HMV. They deliberately... They deliberately uh, made one of them different. Yeah. <laughs> so they, it's a great joke. Yeah, so they don't mark, because the character always has the, the compulsive sort of side to his personality. And yeah. it's, you, you know, it doesn't matter which way you turn them all on the, <laughs> on the shelf, they don't look the same. And I, I remember looking at it at the shop being like, all right, aye, but someone had watched it actually said no this is deliberate that was quite clever the, mm. the complete opposite of, of you know BBC video changing their, their spine design circa 1996 you know and it's really nice I mean Russell T Davis has got his, his 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 act together and he has tackled the fact that the season blu-ray sets will keep the Jodie Whittaker logo oh really good apparently good. allegedly good. they will keep that dreadful logo <laughs> Spindle logo, as as I, I call it, it's, <laughs> it's sharp, it's nasty, it's thin. There's something I've particularly noticed here that if you, I think if you're a super geeky fan, particularly of uh, classic era, there's some brilliant jokes hidden in there, particularly Keller's, Archard's, uh, Monoid's eye, and the thing that that really made me laugh was the, and I'm not going to say exactly why, but Caroline John as Liz Shaw. Is just genius. I I howled with laughter when I saw that. So um, it's it's very very oh, good. This was the ah oh, yes ah oh, yes I, I I see your your what's it there yeah your point. The one I like is is the description of Fraser Hines's character. I'll read that one. Uh, Fraser Hines. Uh, this is a Doctor Who's amazing assistant. This is all from the the unofficial book, which gets everything wrong. You know. Things like spelling Leela's name wrong as Layla, things like that. But this is it's Fraser Hines as Jamie McCrimmon. Jamie left Emmerdale to spend time with his mother Annie in Spain. It wasn't long before news reached the village that he'd been killed in a road accident. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's things like that, you know. Listeners, listeners, we should explain for any after leaving Doctor Who, Fraser was a founding member of Emmerdale Farm which yeah. became Emmerdale and that's what Andrew is referencing there if you don't if you if you need that explained 
you don't get it. I want to show you one of these cards. Yes, can we talk about the cards, which (coughs) I wasn't aware of until I spoke to David. Can maybe tell us a wee bit about what these are and how they came about? Well, basically what I did, I'd love to have been able to be able to show you the original pages that were in the book. I'm stretching down to try and find something now. But what the the original thing, I I did a set of um, old fashioned, you know, the the cigarette cards you used to get back in the the 30s and 40s, really nice little bits of artwork with text on the back, collection of famous British cricketers and things like that. And they, they, they became part of my childhood uh, because PG Tips used to put these little cards inside boxes of tea. And I did a page with this, a selection of the, a set of cards based around en- enemies of the Empire. And the, 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 the images were all based on the characters in the Dalek master plan. Um, you know, Zephon and uh, the, the, the delegates sort of thing making up silly stories about them to put on the back and it was enemies of the empire with you know union jacks and things like that and they were all pictured on on idyllic uh, idyllic backgrounds they had behind them you know hills and greenery and farms and things like that it just looked just i was just concentrated on making the whole thing look like a a page from a collector's book but david turned around and said it it would be nice to actually do these as a proper set Brilliant. We've worked out the budget and everything, and we found that we could do it all and keep it within a certain amount. And I've I've done, I ended up doing, I said I'd do them. I ended up having to do 36 of them. I think in the original book, there was about 10 or 12. I did 36 of them. And we've made made them the same size as the original cards. We've done a little booklet, a 12 page um, album with which you, which you can stick them all in if you want, as it were. And I, it's basically expanded everything from this Dalek master plan idea to, to, to all her early Hartnell stories, characters and things from that, you know, um, blinking into all those silly facts you've got about the Daleks and stuff like that. So um, it's it comes free with the book as it were. You get the album and you get all 36 cards. You don't even have to cut the cards out, right? They're all pre-cut for you and you can stick them in the book. Hopefully they actually do fit in the book because we haven't, I haven't married them together yet. You know, I've made the, the right um, the right uh, sizes of them. But, so uh, did, did, um, did David Howe and the people at Talos, did they approach you about doing the book or did you suggest it to them? The, or? the original book, I, I posted something I can't remember who um, I'm going back to it's about two years ago now right because I, I remember it was that that Doctor Who Atlas came out uh, a hardback book Doctor Who Atlas and I, I thought this is going to be great this is you know maps of all the things right then I saw some pages from it and it, it wasn't an Atlas it was a kid's picture book it was sort of illustrations of planets with illustrations on them. It wasn't maps or anything like that, but it was nicely done. But I, I wouldn't have called it an atlas. And I was I was really disappointed. So I thought, I'll do my own. I'll do a map of Scaro based on that, um, the, dialograph- the, the dialography of Scaro. Based Which is on brilliant. The map on- oh, you've seen that, have you? I'm looking at it right now. It's amazing. Yes. That, I, I did that and posted it as a reply to somebody and David 
came in and said, "Can would you like to do a book of these? Right? And I thought he was joking. I, 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 yeah, what's it? And then I, I got in touch with him and said, I don't think I could sustain the joke for a, for a book. You could do one of these maps, and basically you do a map of Telos, you're going to do the same sort of places, yeah. you know. Yeah. Iceland, B-Jam, things like that, you know, places in Telos. You've got to, it, it, it's a one-joke thing. But I, I, in, in the end, I managed to pitch them the idea of doing a book similar to those, the goodies books and the, the Monty Python books. Where it's, just, it's just a, a load of junk just chucked in there and in, in, in out of order and, you know, some yeah. single-page gags, longer, longer stories, things like that. And, and basically, I just cobbled it together. And it, it was... <laughs> I sent I sent all the stuff to David all in in a, in you know out of order and everything and he very diligently sat down and put it all in chronological order, which is what a Doctor Who fan would do. Of course. <laughs> so you put the stuff up front, and it, it, when he did that, it made me think. Oh, I've got to put some shooty stuff at the end, shooty Gatwa stuff at the end. So I, I, I did those last, which is why they're up to date. The jokes in it are up to date and don't feature people like Liz Truss, who uh, <laughs> is out of date, as it were. It'll be fun when Shooty's episodes start and you have some more book covers to do. I've done them. What, for his new series already? Have you got all the yeah. titles? I remember. Yeah, I've done them all. You know, I've, I've made them all up. The BBC contacted me very early on. <laughs> can you do the book covers now for us? So we can, we've got some ideas of what stories to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't had the time. I, I did three book covers for the three specials. Yes. But I didn't know. Nobody knew what the titles were except the fact that the Star Beast was one of them. I so have I those, and I, I haven't even updated them yet. But um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the new series. I'll be honest. I've I'm flashing them while Kenny's not looking. I've managed to find three comics with the names of the of all three of the new specials to, to post on Twitter near the time to give Kenny a laugh. Andy, thank you so much for coming on and joining us for a chat. Um, I'm going to head off and I'm just going to nip down to your basement and borrow a copy of Liberace Plays Dudley Simpson. Oh, yes. <laughs> Marvellous. That could be tonight's good night song. <laughs> I think there's the... Um... The other there one was, as well. There was Matt, all the ones you did for... Um, Monroe Sings The Rescue. The ones you did genius. for The Survivors. There was The Survivors Christmas album. <laughs> Christmas with The Survivors. Yes. Incredible. This, this is a, Christmas with The Brothers, the old uh, BBC series. They did yeah. a Christmas album, didn't they? Sure. That's, that's yeah. amazing. But Andy, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us. And uh, we look forward to getting our own copies. Yep, hopefully. Thanks, Andy. Okay, then. Cheers. So, big thanks to Andrew there. It was it was just fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with him and uh, learning a little bit more about the madness that is his creative process, which is just genius. Absolutely. Um, we've, we've had a look at the book already, listeners, obviously, um, and we can't really recommend it enough. If you know your Doctor Who, if you know your classic cult telly, if you love all that sort of stuff, and if you have a sense of humour, I'm sure you'll enjoy it enormously. We had a look at the proofs when we were down in Derby in May, and we've had a, a look at the preview copies now, and it's it's a thing of beauty. Um, it really, really does deserve your support. 
Yeah, I think it's it's something that will make you laugh. I think um, given how serious the world can be at times, this is something that if you're a Doctor Who fan and you know your minutiae as to, if you know like um, your, like who made the Doctor Who Easter egg was Stu Shards, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, the fact was that actor Bernard Archard was in Bregan and uh, Mr. Scarman in Pyramids of Mars and yeah just these silly little things like that and yeah. uh, you can as you say it's the strands that bind so yeah I loved it I look forward to getting my copy which will hopefully be out mid-July as David Howe told us earlier Awesome, cool I have pre-ordered mine um, yep. get your Telos Publishing etc mm-hmm. encourage you to do Telos books are always very good they're always produced a very you know total sales pitch here and I don't have a dog in this fight I'm just genuine being honest about it they're done they're always made to very high standard but people that care about what they're doing they always look phenomenal so yeah yeah you know it's product fantastic oh dave i think uh just before we head off i think you may have a question pour moi Uh, um can i go home now please no you've got to ask the question the other question i have to ask the question the question the oldest question the question that should never be answered (laughs) kenny what are we playing out with today well, Dave, I'm glad you asked me that because, um, as you know, I do like my electro pop, and I think that that's that was completely true as well. You know, um, so we're going to go with a song from uh, 2016 from a favourite electro pop pattern of mine. It's a song from Bastille. And this is a song that reached number 54 in the Scottish chart and number three in the UK singles chart. And it's called Fake It. So it seems appropriate. That'll do. Listeners, whilst you're here, I will encourage you to check out the, the Earth 2 podcast because Kenny's appearance as Dr. Midnight is imminent. Oh, yes, it is. Um, and we're doing, we're, we're, we're expanding. We've expanded a cast of dozens to be on Peter and myself for this, this current little run of, of episodes. So, yeah, check those out if you can. You might have a laugh, you might not. Obviously, continue to check out Kenny's Eighth Doctor dedicated podcast, Pieces of Eighth. Yeah, let's have some Bastille. Yeah, let's go. Dave, thanks very much. Good to see you, listeners. Thanks for joining us. We will hear you soon. Peace out. Bye now. Drive around. nowhere to go. Melt me down. I'm like wax to your jokes. Lost and found. Knocking heads, laying low And there's no point reliving crimes to lose this Still wanna waste all my time I wanna waste all my time Still wanna waste all my time I wanna waste all my time with you Sharing scars to 
to fake it Help me turn a blind eye Days and nights we lost to weakness Help me turn a blind eye Days and nights we lost to Fake it.